Welcome to 5 Minutes in the Word. This is your daily podcast, which spends a few minutes exploring God's Word. I am back, and we are continuing our study in the book of Acts. We're in chapter 21, looking at verses 7 through 9, well actually 8 through 9, read from today's international version. Paul's heroic persistency in disregarding the warnings that he would face bonds and afflictions when he got to Jerusalem did not dissuade him. And this is the main point of interest in this section, which ends at verse 15. So let's listen to Acts chapter 8, chapter 21, verses 8 and 9 read from today's New International Version. But before that, we have to remember in verse 7, he spent one day in Ptolemaeus. And he's uh, um, he said only one day. And Matthew Henry said he pro- it was probably a Sabbath. So he stayed in fellowship with them for one day. So let's listen to verses 8 and 9, read from today's New International Version. Leaving the next day, we reached Caesarea and stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven. He had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. Again, Acts chapter 21, verses 8 and 9, read from today's New International Version. I'll be back with insights and close with prayer. Hi, this is Hope Scott, and I pray that you are enjoying my podcast. Stitcher listeners, you can listen, like, and follow on Pandora. Five Minutes in the Word is available on your favorite podcast apps, including Amazon Podcast, Apple Music, Spotify, and so many others. Please like and follow Five Minutes in the Word on Facebook and Twitter. Again, that's Acts chapter 21, verses 8 and 9, read from today's New International Version. Paul is on his missionary uh, voyage to Jerusalem. And if you think of, I think of island hopping, (laughs) as you think of people who travel on cruise ships. And you can just imagine he's uh, in a city, probably a different city, a night, or like in one case, he was there one night, some cases, he was there for a week. So, you can just imagine Paul as he's headed to Jerusalem, and as he's going, he's not just going and having rest and relaxation, he actually gets off and he goes to find churches and he uh, does the work of a pastor, he goes and makes sure that he encourages the churches. So now he's in Caesarea. He's just just left Palamatus, Palamaeus, and now he's in Caesarea. And it says it is to be remembered that this is St. Paul's third visit uh, and that he was probably renewing his friendship with Philip. Philip was one of the seven deacons in Acts chapter 6, verse verse 5, and 8. And in Acts chapter 8, verse 40, it tells us that after Philip's work in bringing in the uh, Ethiopian eunuch to faith, he preached throughout the uh, coastal region 
and probably ended up in Caesarea. And also about that, about her being evangelist, one of the seven deacons. And that's in, um, that's when they needed to take care of the widows. And they sought out men that they could trust to take care of those widows. And it says that Paul probably hadn't seen Philip in uh, some 25 years. So they're rekindling their friendship. And then it says that he's an evangelist. The word properly means one who announces good news. In the New Testament, it is applied to a preacher of the gospel or one who declares the uh, glad tidings of salvation. It only uh, occurs in two places, and that's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, and 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. And um, the commentaries didn't know the precise rank of those who were called evangelists in the early church. And it's evident that um, it's used to denote preaching, preaching of the gospel. And as the title is applied to Philip, and to not the other seven deacons, it would seem probable that he was entrusted with a special commission to, to preach and that the preaching did not pertain to him as a deacon and it, uh, because it didn't belong to the office of a deacon. The business of a deacon was to take care of the poor members of the church. And that's in chapter in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And it says the office of preaching was distinct from that, and it even is today. But in some cases, deacons may have to carry on the role of a preacher. So maybe that is, they're not sure what happened if, if um, Philip was a deacon who had to fulfill the role of a preacher, or if he had been elevated from being a deacon to being an evangelist. And then it says that Philip had four daughters who were virgins. They were unmarried, and they were virgins by their own choice. They weren't forced to be virgins. They continued as at, in this state because they wanted to. And it says that they did prophesy, not by expounding the prophecies a word of God, for no woman during that time was allowed to preach publicly. And that's according to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 34, and for, uh, 1 Timothy verse 2, uh, chapter 2, verse 12. But rather, they probably foretold things privately, and that God did not uh, disallow women from prophesying. So it's um, because this fulfills the promise that God made in Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And part of that was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. Because God said that uh, your sons and your daughters would have dreams and would prophesy. So this shows God's enlargement and his mercies and the, and the plenty of his spirit, which was reserved for the times of the gospel. And it is interesting that the four daughters who had the gift of prophecy did not um, tell Paul about the upcoming uh, problems he would face in Jerusalem. 
That's what this commentary says. But some of the others said they probably did. So we don't know. But it, uh, St. Luke did make a point of pointing that out, that they did prophesy. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this uh, passage. We thank you for the fact that St. Paul, even though he knew that he was facing danger and uh, probably the death, his death, he continued on his missionary journey, headed to Jerusalem to spread the good news of the gospel. And Father, we thank you that because he continued uh, to follow the path that you told him to take, that the uh, gospel is being spread throughout the world. We thank you for that. And Father, we thank you even as we read about these uh, young women. And we don't know their age, but they were virgins. And they chose to be virgins so that they could uh, spend their time with it, with you, is what one of the commentaries said. That these uh, young ladies chose to... Uh, chose a life of virginity, chose a life so that they would have uh, more intimacy with you. So we thank you for that, Father. And we thank you also because you do use women, because you said that you could, uh, even a rock will cry out if we don't praise you. You will get your praise. So I I'm not going to argue about whether women should preach or prophesy or anything else. I'm just going to thank you, God, that you continue to show us in your word that you use whoever you want to in whatever way you want to to get your word across. We thank you for that. Praying for those who need you in a special way as we always do. And thanking you in advance for answered prayers. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for spending time in God's Word with me. Be blessed.